Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine past television shows, to find out which ones would be resurrected, could be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season. But sometimes... We just take a victory lap. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I'm still upset about Firefly. Oh my god. So this is our episode 101 retrospective. Yes. Uh, It's funny because we actually just did watch Serenity. Yes, Uh, which will be our uh, crowdfunded crypt episode, which will be coming up exclusively on our Patreon. So Noah did even... And and I got you that graphic novel, so you have a little more serenity left? Yeah, I got some more Firefly, but I'll save more of that discussion for that episode. Today, we're looking back at uh, the second half, I guess now, of our series. Yes. Of uh, Stay Doomed. We we wanted to do a retrospective for episode uh, 51, but... We made promises to people, and it ended up being delayed because we wanted, like, we promised we'd do the quest, yeah, and things like that. So this is going to be a look back at episode one hundred through, I believe, one hundred and three, or, or episodes fifty four through one hundred. Fifty four through one hundred. Yeah, I don't know why. I, uh, I which is interesting so because numerically, this is actually more episodes uh, weekly. Yes, and that's the first thing I want to talk about. Okay, so yeah, th- I think that is the first thing that we should discuss here. Is I, I think it's very, very funny that at, only at the very end of what we called season one of Stay Doomed. Yes. Did we become comfortable with um, splitting a TV show into two episodes. Stay Doomed episodes. Yeah, basically. Which was something I had pushed early on. Yeah, I felt like what Stay Doomed's promise was, because like, this is... Like, I used to be a mod over in our podcasts, and one of the big things that I would preach is having your mission statement. And our mission statement, in my mind, was you tune into us, you get an analysis of a show in an episode. This, I felt like, separated us from other podcasts that did similar things, like, because we did research, like, there was Cancelled Too Soon. Noah did some research. Uh, well, we both did it, so I won't play the jingle. Uh, but, uh... We both did some research. Uh, there were other podcasts that did something similar to what we were doing, and I felt like the fact that we only, we committed that, like, one show, one episode was what set us apart. And while it set us apart, it often hurt the product. It hurt the product a lot of the time, and I also... It hurt uh, recording. Yes. Because there were certain episodes when we had a long series that felt almost punitive to record. Yes. Also, though, like... The one that stands out to me is Cop Rock from the first Cop season. Rock, I, I wish we could do again. Uh, without having to watch Without Cop having Rock to again. watch it again. <laughs> uh, I wish we could get a mulligan on that. I think another thing that also hurt it, though, hurt our process, was we used to release on Thursdays. Did we? Yes. Uh, because we were following the old plus two comedy model, uh, and it, we had a Thursday release date. So what ended up happening often was we'd have to record on like a Tuesday and a, or a Wednesday and then rush. Yeah. Now we release on Tuesdays, which means we usually record on the weekend, and then we have Mondays in case of emergencies. It's also because of the Baxter Boys reunion tour, we are able to record almost every weekend. Yeah. 
uh, because we we don't have conventions, we don't have shows, we don't have other commitments. Yes. So it is currently noon on a Sunday. Yeah. And it's noon on a Sunday, but we're still going to pour one out. Let's pour one out. We almost forgot. What do you have, Laura? Uh, I have the Stay Tuned. The Stay Tuned? Yes, uh, I have... A delightful... I wanted to make something kind of juice-based because, like I said, it's noon on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I went in kind of that, like, brunch drink direction. Uh, But I did tequila because I went through... We're going to talk more about pouring one out later because I want to really analyze what we've done here. But I found I did a lot of tequila drinks because I like tequila. So I did a twist on a margarita. There was a run where all I made was margaritas, and then there was a run where I made a lot of variants on a tequila sunrise. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the best of both worlds. It's tequila, triple second lime juice, just like a margarita. Uh, I also have orange juice, which gets that tequila sunrise. I added some cranberry juice and um, I wanted to garnish it because another thing we like to do with these drinks is have a fun garnish and try to make it like kind of a twist. So I have a, I re, you watched me unroll and re-roll artfully a fruit roll-up. Yes. It's delicious. I'm glad. Would I, you like to try a set? I would like to try it. It's very good. Do I suck it up through the fruit roll-up? No. Okay. That's very nice. I don't think the fruit roll-up has the structural integrity to be a straw. Yeah. She's making an attempt. I lied, it does. <laughs> um, I kind of had visions of you shooting cocktail all over oh, your computer. Yeah. That would have been an issue. Uh, I have the Stay Doomed, which... That is... Purple. It's very purple. Uh, it's a lot of me throwing stuff that I had together. So the base of this is uh, the limited edition Mountain Dew uh, Major Melon. So like <laughs> a short, a short run soda. Yeah. And uh, I added blue curacao because you add blue curacao to everything, almost everything, and then some liquor forty three because I also like throwing that in everything. And then I needed a ridiculous garnish, so I have a Lady Gaga. Uh, Oreo. Yeah, the limited edition Chromatica Oreo. Yes. Another short running Another fucking. short run thing. And it's a bunch of things that sound good together and yet combined will probably be not worth it. Taste it. So, and, oh, and also uh, something so that you can hear me crunching later uh, on, on mic because I have an Oreo. And it, it left some... Uh, oh, it left some... You got you to drink from that part. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. some icing from the Oreo left. Because the the texture of the Gaga Oreos is a little different. Phew, that's a lot. Oh, you're actually going to try this? Yeah. You're going to hate this. Oh, it's so purple. Oh, my God. Mm. That tastes like a melted Slurpee. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the syrup of the Slurpee? Yeah, it's one of those drinks that when you drink it, your eyes get a bit wider. It's interesting that the watermelon and the blue curacao make what I can only describe as blue raspberry. Yeah, it's very similar. It's got that blue raspberry. It also might be the lingering like fruit from my cocktail. Maybe. I, I didn't have no, any, I get blue raspberry from it. I didn't have any Sprite between mm-hmm. to cleanse my palate. Uh, so since we're, we're currently in the pouring one out segment, would you like to talk a little bit about your uh, pouring one out research? I actually, I wanted to continue talking about the two episode. Um, oh, sure, sure. I just, I wanted to get to pouring one out before we finished our drinks. Cause right, we've been, right. well, you might not finish that, but like I've been sipping on mine the whole time. Uh, you know, I will state this right now. 
One, all of our drinks are real. Yes. If, if, if you think that we're doing this as just for a bit, all the drinks are real. Uh, if you only listen to the podcast on like Podbean or iTunes, if you go to YouTube, you can see pictures of the cocktails. So they are real. And there has never been a show that I've done where I didn't finish my cocktail. Um, and some of them you can tell. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we have a few that uh, one or both of us starts to like get a little loopy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll go on about uh, two part episodes. One thing I thought was very, very funny was we didn't become comfortable until we almost got to last summer. Episodes 51, 52, 53 being like Daisy of Love, The Quest, and... The one that broke us was Opposite Worlds, because mm-hmm. uh, we were recording that and we were trying to do that in one. And there was a point where you finally went like, I think this needs to be two episodes. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Well, there was also an element of like, we were deciding to end the show still then. Yeah. And Opposite Worlds, I think, was going to be our last episode. I believe it was. It was, it was set to be our final episode. And I was like, it's our final episode. It's fine if it's two-parters, whatever. And then... Just in doing that and basically the joy of hating Opposite Worlds really brought the spark back to this podcast. Because um, we we realized, like, and I want to get into this more a little bit later when we talk about genres of shows. Dissecting what went wrong with Opposite Worlds was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got comfortable with it. And then for over six months, we did not do a single two-part episode. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a big moment in the middle there when we're still like, but before the the pandemic or the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, uh, that we were still doing cons and stuff like that. Yeah. So out of necessity, we were doing a lot of like pilots. Yeah. And like one episode wonders. Yeah. When you when I look at the because I wrote down the dates for every episode for reference, and you can see like in December it's always backdoor pilot or. Yes. One episode wonder, uh, because it's the holidays and we're usually by nature very busy during that time. Yeah. We also usually have Razzie month and Razzie month is, you know, usually no more than two and a half hour investment. Mm-hmm. But then we got into the pandemic and our first two part episode when we got back was Tiger King. Yes. Which I felt like we had to do out of necessity. Tiger King felt like something. Uh, Tiger King is really fascinating to me because it was so much of the cultural zeitgeist in March and April 2020. Yeah. And now it's kind of not a thing. It's not a thing, which is why we did it. Because I remember saying, like, this is only going to run one season because of what it is. And if we don't watch it now, no one's going to care about it anymore. And we're going to just miss out on this, like, pop culture phenomenon. And no one's going to care if we do a podcast about Tiger King in a year. Yeah. So I was like, let's knock it out now. Let's join the conversation. Uh, that episode also did, like, well. Like, it was it was the, one of the few times where I felt like I was playing the, like, YouTuber podcaster game. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at the other stuff we do, there was no cry for, like, Puppet, Puppet Man. Man. <laughs> uh, which was interesting. Uh, Puppet Man was like... Because it was an interesting curio, but, like, it it did not, like, move the needle on our show. But I find it very funny, because then we hit episode 89, and between episodes 89 and 100, we only have, I believe, one, two, three, 
four single episodes, and those were all the band episode month. Yes. Every other show we did was two. Moola yeah. Beach, uh, The Muppets, Murder in Small Town X, Pinky Elmira in the Brain, which was not supposed to be. No, that was, uh, that that was, was supposed to be. There. Sometimes we make the call during the recording. I, I would say we make the call during the recording almost every time. I think the only time we did not do that was uh, Firefly. The Muppets. Um, the Muppets we decide was going to be too much? Yeah, The Muppets and Chokara. Oh, yeah, we did know for Chikara, too. Um, I think that's actually become the new thing of us acknowledging going in that a show is likely to run to. Yeah. And then there's ones that we had no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. We're going to... Moola Beach yeah. was only a six-episode run. We didn't think we were going to have that but much to say. But we had so much to say. And uh, uh, Dungeon Crawlers was the one where we recorded it in one sitting. And I was like, I'm going to split this up into two. <laughs> we called Murder in Small Town X almost immediately during yeah. recording. Yeah. Usually we don't call, like, this is going to be a second episode until the end. Uh, Murder in Small Town X, you start to... Like, go through the first episode and you go, this is probably going to be two parts on Mike. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's funny that we got comfortable with making things two parts and then just for about six months just didn't. Yeah. And then I, we didn't do a ton of them. And then we hit uh, summer 2020 and nearly every episode has been a two-parter. Yeah. That being said, I do enjoy doing the two-parters. Yeah. Yeah. I like spending a little bit more time with an episode and not feeling like we should just skip stuff yeah. to get moving. Because, like, I, there's some earlier episodes where I say, like, I go to say something and you're like, wait, you skipped this? And, like, I knew I was skipping it. I just had nothing to say about it. Yeah. So, like, I think it's really increased the, the flow of the show. And I do like that we've gotten away from summary and we've gotten more into like why... Analysis and figuring out why stuff works. Yeah, I, I think it's become increasingly important for our listeners to mm. watch the shows. Yes. For the exception of the complete curios, which we, we do a lot more hand-holding on. Yeah. But like if you were going to come listen to our Firefly episodes, if you're going to listen to us talk about Firefly for three hours, uh, <laughs> you're probably already kind of there. Yeah, I assume that you've seen it. Uh, which, that, that reminds me, it's now time for the first ever Stay Doomed Game Show. Oh, God. Uh, so I've, I, I did some research. No, I did some research. And, uh, I have some questions here for you about the show. Oh, my God. That I'm just curious <laughs> if, if you can get these right. Okay. Uh, so Are they about the drinks? Because I have all of those in front of me. No. But. Uh, what do you think is our most listened to episode? Our most listened to episode. Yes. What do you think got the most hits? Um, I'm. I have many different statistics on what that means. So, you yeah. Go ahead and take a guess. I'm listen to like Podbean, not YouTube, right? I have both. Because YouTube, it's Medea's family funeral. That is correct. Because it's um, people who think that it's the movie. Yes, I have. I have the first one. I also I have a list of our top most listened to YouTube ones, all the way down to the first one where I think people are listening to it because it's a podcast and not because they think it's the thing. Yeah, because I know it's like Medea's Family Funeral, yes. Song of the South. So our, our top on YouTube, it goes Medea, and then it goes Turn On because people think it's Turn On. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, people think it's Song of the South because also our podcast runs almost the same length. 
as the actual film. And if you're looking for Song of the South, it's on archive.org. Yeah. Um, so uh, there you go. You're welcome, everyone. Then it's The Farm, the uh, the spinoff of The Office, which people think it's that. Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, which has people commenting with complaints. Uh, oh, so- an adult swim show where the fans complain. Well, they, they complain that they think it's Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, and then it's not. Uh, then it's South Park. People think it's South Park. Then it's Exticles. Brief thing about Exticles. Uh, that is our fifth episode. Yeah. So not only is the image just like a picture of the Exticles, it says, stay doomed, number five, Exticles. And people think it's the fifth episode of Exticles, and it just happens to be called Stay Doomed. Oh. So they're like, oh my god, there was another episode of Exticles? So like, they we set their <laughs> expectations super high before they click oh. that. Uh, then it's not without my anus. And then the first one where I don't think it's people actually... Uh, trying to find the media. Trying to find the media is That's My Bush. Oh, okay. Uh, and that I want to bring up a little thing about this. Uh, we've definitely seen a decrease in views ever mm-hmm. since on YouTube I started using the stay doomed border yeah so now every episode says stay doomed and there's like a little screen that shows like an image and then when a clip plays it plays the clip but it's now more obviously not the media yeah which I think is helpful because people feel duped and don't like it yes uh, so doing a little bit more research okay if you base it off of retention, which means, like, people click on it and stay on it to watch it. Our most popular episode is Leapfrogs, Rocco's Modern Life. Really? And I think the reason for that is that is the episode that comes out before I appear in the candy bowl. Okay. So I think people saw the candy bowl, which is a horror short I made for Nightmind. And they're like, what else do, do, does this channel do? And the first thing they see is leapfrogs. But which means that they stayed and uh, continued to watch it. And leapfrogs is a good entry episode for us. Yes. But since that's one short, the episodes with the most minutes watched yep. are turn on. So a lot of people do stick around. Good. And the Dana Carvey show. Uh, those were two of my favorite episodes to do. Absolutely. Uh, They're two great episodes. We had fully planned on going back to the Paley Center uh, and actually kind of making it more of a point of the trip. Because mm-hmm. last time we went to the Paley Center to watch Turn On, uh, it was kind of shoved in in an existing trip. Yes. Uh, oddly for Chikara. Um, yes, yes, yes. So we had kind of planned to go back this spring and I'd gotten tickets to Beetlejuice and then the next day we were going to go back into the city and watch things at the Paley Center for as long as they'd let us stay. Which I think is as long as you're willing to pay them. I think it's like 10 bucks per person per, like, hour. Yeah. But I think they'll, like, if you keep paying, they'll keep letting yeah, you stay. The, yeah, they need funding, so. Yeah, and, like, I, I fully plan to, like, go up to the person and be like, oh, no, I'm legitimately doing research. Yeah. Like, here's 10 more dollars, please let me stay. Because yeah, we wanted to go back to do uh, You're in the Picture. Yes. And we were not able to do that. I have I have a list of also broken promises that yeah. we made on the show, and that's one of them. Yeah, that one, I, I'm not really taking the L on that one. Right. Because that was super not our fault. Uh, um, so uh, if, if you choose what is the best based off of people who click things at the end of the video, which means that they've had to have listened to the whole thing, mm-hmm. our best one, Cats. 
and according to just Podbean, so removing YouTube, our most listened to is uh, the Curious Case uh, Creations of Christine McConnell. I love that show. I love that show too. Because it's one of very few where we actually had to break. Because you made something from Christine McConnell? Yeah, Christine McConnell is a very special episode because I actually attempted to make the peanut butter bones that they make in the show. Shut that off. That's boiling. Okay. Just, ooh, mist. Okay. All right. That's on top of the bone. That's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's just now big globs on top. Of the peanut butter. Ooh, hot and burning stuff. Cool. Okay, you know, ow, 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 ow. And we ate one of them, and I think we threw one away. (laughs) Yeah, and it took us, like, days to eat the one. Yeah, it was very thick, and it was especially fun in that uh, I followed the instructions to a T. Because there were many times where you're like, why didn't you just do this? And I was like, Christine McConnell. Didn't tell me to do that. Yeah, because you made it about... And it was one of my complaints about the show, actually. Mm-hmm. You made it about 30 times harder than it needed to be. Oh, yeah. Because um, we were talking about it, and I was like, well, I would have just done X. and you, Because I remember feeling haunted the day before you showed me. Yeah. Because there was just enough stuff in the kitchen that wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I usually cook. Right. So the kitchen is usually under, like, my purview. And there was, like, something white on our counter that I could not get up. It was white chocolate. <laughs> I thought it was egg because you used to cook eggs all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was cussing up a blue streak. Yeah, I remember when I made those, I because I hid them. And uh, <laughs> I put them in a tray and I covered them in tinfoil and I wrote, don't worry about it on it. And I put it in our <laughs> freezer. So I'm realizing now that part of the fun is that she doesn't know about it. So I wrapped it in foil and I know she's going to open the freezer. So I wrote on it. Don't worry about it. But I felt super slick because I was like, I think I hid everything. I think I cleaned up. I didn't clean up. Uh, (laughs) These are still white chocolate burns and stuff. But I was like, I did it. She'll have no idea. And the moment you came home that day, you were like, where'd all these pretzels come from? And I'd left the giant <laughs> thing of pretzel rods just out. And I was like, oh, I wanted pretzels. You know, <laughs> you know me and my love of pretzels. You do love pretzels. I actually bought that. Yeah. Because you do legitimately love pretzels. It's true. I'm done the fruit roll-up so I can talk again. Good. It was starting to melt into my drink and be disgusting. Like, yeah. if you look at the bottom of my drink, there's, like, gross sediment. Uh, I'm, I'm almost done my drink and I feel insane. So, uh, here's, here's an interesting one. Uh, what do you think our most shared episode is that people listen to and then send to other people? Our most shared episode? I, I would almost think it would be Chikara. Maybe Escape the Night. Yeah, you, those are good guesses. Uh, it's surprisingly turn on leads it again because like we God, we gotta get back to the Paley Center. Like turn, we're one of the only people that have ever really discussed it online. Yeah, like we are one of the first hit results if you look up turn on. 
Uh, then after that... Shows bananas, y'all. It's Wayward Sisters, the backdoor pilot that's, that's part right, of That's right, because uh, they kind of connected to us of like, look, these people like us and they're not even Supernatural fans. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's What's Going On? Right, because didn't Mike Mitchell like find out about Mike it? Mike Mitchell kind of found out about it and I wish we had been a little bit nicer to him <laughs> based on what we had said. Uh, because we thought it was a... We, <laughs> I believe our review was, it's a good show, I just don't like him. Absolutely. I do think having someone that I already had some sort of, like, connection with. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know Mike Mitchell. No. So if his bed gets destroyed, I really don't care. Because he's he's a stranger whose bed got destroyed. Yeah. I don't really care. He has a TV show. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Like. Uh, uh, Our demographics. Uh, would you believe that it's 51% male? Uh, I would, actually. I That's thought, about even. I thought it'd be a bit higher, to be honest. Um, but. No, I imagine we do have a slightly uh, more even balance because we as a podcast are one guy and one girl. And that's actually surprisingly uncommon. Yeah. Most podcasts, if they have multiple hosts, tend to be... Like, two guys or two girls, or two people who identify as the same gender. Yeah. And I I really think that we do bring a lot to the table, being able to look at it from male and female perspectives. I can see that. Uh, Speaking of different perspectives, besides America, what countries do you think we're popular in? Um, I would say Australia. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, heavily English. Canada? Okay. Give me one more. I have Russia? I can see Russia from my house. So on Podbean, it's oh America, Canada, yes. Australia, yes. UK, New Zealand. I would have guessed UK, but I didn't want to guess all. <laughs> In YouTube, it's US, UK, South Africa, Jamaica, Russia. I will never understand that. Huh. And, and what even more confuses me is uh, what states do you think we're popular in? Uh, New Jersey, because we're from New Jersey. Pennsylvania, because we have a lot of friends out of Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere weird. It's got to be something like Maine, because we talked about Maine in a small town <laughs> X. Uh, number five is New York. Okay, that number makes Number four is New Jersey. Thanks, people we actually know. Number three is Pennsylvania. Okay, thank you, people we know. Number two is California. Sub California, it's it's all Luke Tipple being upset that we're we yeah. mean to him. <laughs> so, what's up, California listeners? And our most popular state, the most people listen to us from Virginia. Hi, Virginia. So, hi, Virginia fans. Shout out to you guys. We were literally just talking about coming to visit Virginia as soon as we can. Uh, we legitimately were before we started recording. Uh, here, here's a fun one. How many copyright claims do you think we have on YouTube? Oh God, uh, one hundred and three. 14. Really? We're not that bad. Real? I assumed we had so many Well, more. it's 14 videos. Some of, some of the ones have multiple in the same video, So I, that, but that only counts as one. Okay. Uh, Which episodes have copyright clips? Uh, I know that uh, our WrestleMania special does. Yeah. Because I, I just took a huge clip off of uh, WWE. Because there was not a lot of clips in that episode. Yeah. So I took like all of a... Drew McIntyre uh, promo mm-hmm. and just stuck it in there and that flagged us immediately. 
Uh, I know Elf Princess Rain does because I included one of the songs. Yeah. I always include the songs and that always kills us. Uh, uh, the only one that ever get completely blocked was That's My Bush. Interesting. Because I included all of the theme songs in that last episode and they just immediately blocked them. So I had to take them all out and re-upload that one. Fascinating. Uh, and I know Cop Rock does because I started, I play some of Toy Story in that one. And Disney's going to get and you. Disney gets me immediately. Uh, what do you believe is our longest episode? Oh, our longest. Ep- you only went post 54, right? Or do you- longest total? Uh, this is just our post 54. Yeah. Okay. Our longest one post 54. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, man. It's got to be one of the two-parters. I almost want to say it's a, one of the Escape the Nights. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, our longest episode is Firefly. You know what? That makes sense. Because it literally got dark while we were yeah. filming it. Firefly, if you combined both episodes together, it's four hours, 47 minutes, and 33 seconds. And how much right. of that are you crying during? A, a, a good deal. Uh, our, our longest single episode is part two of Firefly, which is two hours and 36 minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah, it's the one where it, got, it legitimately got dark while we were filming. And oh. I had to go like turn on a light during a hold. Our longest non-two-parter... Is the season one retrospective. That makes sense, because we're, we're just kind of meandering and there's not a logical end time to it. And this boggles my mind. Our longest review, uh, that's not a two-parter, is Cats. Which is crazy, because there's very few clips in that, because it was still in theaters when we did that one. So, Cats... Cats is very unique to me in how we recorded it. Because mm-hmm. we saw Cats in theaters, because we, we were at our friend's for brunch that morning. And I was scrolling through my phone... And I saw that they were going to start patching the film. Yes. The next day. So I bought tickets like at our friend's kitchen table for us. Uh, no one wanted to come with us because I did invite everybody at mm-hmm. our friend's house. Like we'd been at their house the night before for a holiday party. We'd gone home, come back for brunch because we didn't want to sleep there. And then we we're like, guys, let's keep the party going. Let's go see cats. And everyone was like, no. No. And we came home. We saw like a 6 p.m. showing. So it was only like, nine when we got home i made you watch several clips of the broadway musical yeah to make sure i was disappointed by the film yes and then we recorded but we were also like out of our minds because it was like late at night we'd had a late night the night before yeah um well i there was a brief time where we were discussing seeing uh the Rise of Skywalker and Cats the same night. Yes. And going as cats. Jedi cats. Yes. <laughs> we did not do that, luckily. But. Uh, I would have had, you would have had to buy a bunch of stuff. I think we realized I would have had to buy disappointingly few things. It would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, and now that we can't do anything, I wish we had done it. But I did show up to Skywalker with cat ears. Yes. I had you take a picture of me in the theater. Uh, doing the peace sign with my cat ears on. I remember that. <laughs> ah, pardon me. Uh, that being said, what do you think our shortest episode is? Our shortest episode's got to be a single episode. Uh, I did go through some of our episodes mm-hmm. yesterday while I was uh, writing. I wrote down every single poor one out. Right. I think our shortest one has got to be rude removal. Uh, it is rude removal. Because I, I actually noticed it was under half an hour. Yeah, it's uh, 26 minutes and 59 seconds. 
Uh, and our shortest two-parter is Dungeon Crawlers at just two hours, eight minutes, and 57 seconds. Well, that's because we uh, we recorded that in one night. Yes. And then I was like, I'm going to split this up. It's long enough. Because <laughs> I actually, I remembered that when I was going through and realized there was no pouring one out in Dungeon Crawlers Part 2. Yeah. Because, because we'd recorded it in one night. Yes. And I apologize, I believe. I'm like, I'm sorry, there will not be a second pour one out. Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, and and finally, uh, stay tunes versus stay dooms. Uh, how many times do you think we've disagreed? Seven. Show? Six. Only I'm so six good at things. Times. And how many stay tunes do you think we have? Um, where we both vote stay tuned? I, I have both of our, our numbers. Okay. I think there's probably about 12 where one of us voted stay tuned. And maybe another, like, five where we both vote stay tuned. Well, we only disagree six times, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so let's say there's there's got to be at least six where someone says stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say there's another five or six where we both go stay tuned. So I'm looking at it because I'm looking at the list of episodes. And I'm like, okay, we definitely did The Muppets. We definitely did uh, Firefly. So there's probably, like, mm-hmm. five. Yeah, I was surprised by this because I, I feel like we're, for the most part, a very positive show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I stay stay tuned only 18 times and you say stay tuned 17 times. Really? Yeah, I thought we were more positive. And then I like, as I was looking back, I was like, oh, garbage, 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 garbage. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of the issues is there's also stay doomed by virtue of the game overall. Yes. Do you have how many times we... I don't have the, the game over rule here. Because no. I think that's really, really key of like, there's certain shows where we're like, it's the equivalent of it has good bones. But there's certain shows where we're like, this can't continue in its current format. But like, just for uh, <laughs> for reference here, uh, we both give a stay tuned for, to Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Dark Place, Dark Place. And then we never have a double stay tuned again until WrestleMania. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm looking at what we did between now and then. It's like, oh, you mean we didn't like vampires? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's also rough because in that, uh, that's about 20 episodes. But there's also all four Razzie Month movies, The Room, yeah, Cats, um, and the Backdoor Pilots, which are notoriously a little rough. Yeah, the backdoor pilot, because we're basically trying to decide whether or not this was good enough to carry a show. And it usually isn't. Uh, yeah, based on what I'm seeing here, <laughs> or uh, what we said for this, uh, we only thought one backdoor pilot was good enough. Which one? Uh, Suicide Squad, and only you thought it was a state tuned. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, th- let's. do you have more questions? No, those are all my questions. Uh, do you want to just kind of spend a few seconds going through each episode and we'll give a little discussion? Sure. Uh, so, what's going on with Mike Mitchell? We were apparently very mean to Mike Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, I can't... We, we both said stay doomed. And looking back on it, I disagree. I think I would watch this show if it was on more. Uh, yeah, I think it did get weird and repetitive. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they would have had to figure out what they were doing a little more. Yeah, I think our problem with it was, like, we thought of a hundred ways it could be better. Yes. And we're like, ah, it should have just been this. But, like, you know, with time to breathe, it would have figured more stuff out. Yeah. 
Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Yeah. Perfect show. Yeah, this was a double stay tuned. It's a show I still miss. Christine McConnell's a person I check in on every once in a while to be like, hey, are you doing anything cool? Because I miss you. Yeah, I know. She actually, she has a pretty uh, thriving YouTube and Patreon situation. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't own any of the puppets. That's such a shame. Uh, because I desperately, like, I regularly post pictures of Rose doing things as, mm-hmm. like, my icon. Uh, I accidentally sent a coworker. if you don't, uh, if you can't accept me at my best, I'm going to burn down this goddamn house. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it was a different picture, and I sent it to my colleague, Craig, by accident. Uh, we still say to each other, uh... Snitches get gutted and sacrificed to Anubis. Anubis. Yeah, like, I I really miss this show. I actually use Norman's line reading of on it all the time. Yes. Like, just as a thing I say all the time. When you're like, oh, can you go do this? And I go, on it! Yeah, that's a Christine McConnell reference. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's just two words. But yeah, that's a show that I legitimately miss. Uh, next one... Whew, what a great show. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Such a fun show. Such a fun show. Uh, and because I forget if I mentioned this during Chikara, but I started quoting Garth Marenghi in a production meeting. Because <laughs> we were like, we were stressed to uh, fit the an hour. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what if we just run it in slow motion? <laughs> Like, we'll stay away from the dialogue as much as we can, but we can run as much in in slow motion as possible. Garth Marenghi pulls off one of the hardest tricks known to man. Sucking on purpose. Yes. They pull it off brilliantly. And I will will say it is one of the hardest things to do. Make something look bad on purpose. And they do it incredibly. Yeah. Which reminds me, we have to do that chat show we found. Yeah. Where it was like a fictional chat show that yes. uh, uh, Richard Iowati hosts in character and Garth Marenghi's one of the guests. Yes. So we have to find that and do that one. That, God, I need one. more Garth Marenghi in my life. And I believe I said this during the show, but I'll say it again. I reached out to Garth Marenghi, yeah. the actor who plays it. And I was like, hey, do you want to come on the show? He's like, I wish I could. But thank you for reviewing this. I was like, oh, he's, the, he's my favorite now. Well, and it's great because you know if he if he listened to the show, mm-hmm. uh, definitely didn't hurt his feelings. No, because we're like that's so great, like we did to Mike Mitchell. Uh, the next one is Song of the South. Song of the South, such an interesting thing that we were able to do that. Uh, I did that. We we did it because I I teach that film in yeah. my my real life job, and uh, so we had it. Yes, and it's on webarchive.org if you're ever like that inclined to watch it. Uh, but it's really interesting because it became abruptly very relevant again over the summer, uh, summer 2020, with Splash Mountain. Yes. The announcement that it's going to be rethemed. And part of me would like to revisit that idea a little bit because I'd love to talk about, like, the legacy of Splash Mountain. Yeah. Maybe that'll be something that'll be a uh, crowdfund crypt yeah, suggestion. Yeah, we could definitely end up there. Uh, Song of the South, yeah, it's... It's such a curio. It's all on archive.org, which we did not know when we did this episode. No, I found that out. I have to teach remotely. Yeah. Uh, because of everything. And I was not sure how I was going to be able to show this film to my class because it's a, like a month of my classes on this yeah. film. And then I found it on Web Archive and I was like, hooray, my class is saved. Yeah. If you look at the description of all of our episodes, there's, do you want to watch before you listen? Check it out here. And it's usually like a YouTube link or like, it's on Netflix. For this one, it actually says, want to watch before you listen? Ooh. 
think you're kind of out of luck. <laughs> yeah, because, like, mine is literally a burn DVD from, like, I know a guy. Yeah. Like, uh, the next one, I'm still mad at Kate Nix for. Yeah, Kate Nix suggested this one, and we did it. Vampires. Van Dash Pyres. This is one of the worst shows we ever watched. That one, like, it hurt my face to look at. It was so just, like, bad CGI. Early 90s CGI. Yeah, it... It's one of the shows, it's one of the only shows I genuinely really hated. Yeah. Um, Clarissa Now. Clarissa Now, I almost remember nothing from. Uh, I just remember it being actually embarrassingly cliche. Yeah. For how quirky and interesting Clarissa was when she was Clarissa. Mm-hmm. This show felt so by the numbers and it stripped all of the really welcome snarkiness out of Clarissa. Yeah. Like, she never made a video game where she, like, trashed her boss. She never talked to camera. Yeah, she didn't... It it, it was the worst spinoff because it didn't take the things that made Clarissa successful. It felt like they just took a pilot and slapped Clarissa on the main character. Yeah. The Assistant. The Assistant. This one was fun. Yeah, this is the Andy Dick parody... Uh... <laughs> Uh, reality show and uh, I went back and listened to some of this and this is one of our broken promises we were going to reach out to one of the contestants of the assistant and try to get her on the show because she went on to be the doctor in life sentence that's right (laughs) and I was like oh my god we need to talk to this person yeah a lot of the people we wanted to reach out to um, looking at the dates this lined up with some very uh, rough personal issues in yeah. my life, uh, with my father becoming ill. Right. So a lot of things that happened around that time, uh, I'm shocked we got episodes out, frankly. Yeah. Uh, this became a thing I was doing to not deal... Like, it was the two hours I could turn off my phone. Yes. And be like, this is someone else's problem for two hours. Uh, Little Mermaid's Island. Yeah. Uh, you know, I look back on that fondly. Like, it, it sucked. But weirdly, it had, like, the nostalgia goggles, despite me never having seen the show before. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll catch myself humming a tune and then slowly realize, I was like, is this a Little Mermaid's Island song? Yeah, like, it was, like, dumbly charming. Yeah. Uh, Double O Duck. Double O Duck was the the backdoor pilot during DuckTales that we we gave it a double doomed, which is weird to think that we watched an episode of DuckTales and we're like, nah. Uh, Yeah, because I, I felt like... It just didn't work super it well. It did not work very well. Suicide Squad, which I, rem- I I remember enjoying enough to give it a stay tuned. Yeah, I did not. I was just like, eh. It, it's just, it didn't do enough for me. Uh, and like, because I remember complaining that like the Suicide Squad was five members. One of them was dead and the other one was leaving the Suicide Squad by the end. And the other three were never in the same scene. So yeah. I was just like, this doesn't seem like it'll hold up. Uh, the Henry and June show. Yes, the Henry and June show, which like that one was a trip because I remembered that I saw it live. So yeah. while watching it, I was like, wait, I've seen this. I'm activating memories that have been stored away for so long. Yeah, I remember being disappointed in this because I really loved Kablam. Yeah. And I didn't love this. Yeah, I know we wanted to watch Kablam afterwards because we needed our fix. Cats. We've talked a lot about the cats episode already, so we, we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, Chatterbox. I just really liked The Nanny. And I was like, oh, let's do an episode of The Nanny. 
This uh, is one we disagreed on because you gave it a tune and I gave it a doomed. Yeah, because... I thought for what 90s sitcoms were, this could have held up. Yeah, I remember I really hated the main character. And yeah. I was just like, this is not for me. And uh, there's comments on that one, like, of people being like, you don't get it then. <laughs> I was like, I I'll know. I'll have to look at that. I know. And like... There, there's a lot of comments about uh, the the Asian stereotype uh, girl. Yeah. And she's actually the voice of uh, Amy on Futurama. Oh, And good someone brings that up. Because I, I, think, I think I make reference to that without making that connection. And someone's like, yeah, that's the voice actress. That's funny. Uh, the next one is Shattered. Shattered, yes. I really enjoyed Shattered. It sucked. It sucked. But like I enjoyed... Doing this episode. Yeah, this is a show that we kind of stumbled upon. And I had not realized that uh, one of our grave robbers, Matt, had already suggested it to us. So, like, it was a big surprise to him when we were doing it. And it's such a weird curio of a show about just, like, what if people are not allowed to sleep? Let's find out. We let them sleep a little. Well, well, then what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah... Uh, yeah, that's a weird one. But I had, like, that one I remember being fun to take yeah. notes on and discuss. And we wanted Loop Tipple and, oh, I forget the uh, host of Shattered to cage fight. Because <laughs> we hated both of them so oh, much. Oh my god. I, I feel bad that Luke Tipple has become symbolic of everything we don't like about reality television. He was, he's, ter- he's exactly what not to do. Because, uh, like, I just remember him being like, you're gonna have to chase her. And then just a long silence, like, yeah, that's that's the game. Well, we learned a lot about <laughs> live reality shows and how if you need a live reality show, you need a host that can do it. Yeah. Uh, God, which, it's so not awful. a skill everyone has of being able to do live reality shows. Uh, then not another high school show. Not another high school show. This is one where we disagree because I gave it a stay tuned because I love this type of humor. And even though it's horrific. Yeah, it just, it aged like milk to me. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't age well, but I love the blonde guy whose name I can never remember. He cracks me up. The guy who plays Vaughn in uh, Community. Hey, hi, hello. Yeah. Cracks me up. Oh, he's great. Like, yeah. I will not say anything against his performance in the mm-hmm. show, because I do like him in everything. Yeah. And this had the surprise, a couple of surprise appearances in this, because Jennifer Lawrence is in this show. Yes, in like for a, a bit moment. Like, and she like murders a janitor. No, she was like, somebody murdered the janitor, and she runs away. And I think that's her entire... Oh, I thought she murdered the janitor. No, I think she did. reports it, and that's her one line, and then she runs away. And uh, Andy Dick's in this, which makes it the fourth Andy Dick project that we've reviewed. That sounds about right. Uh, Dana Carvey's show is one of my favorites to discuss and watch. And we'd also watch the documentary. Yes. Of like too good to fail or too big. like Yeah. Too funny to fail. Too funny to fail. And I wish all of our shows had a great like documentary. That yeah. Went with if there it. was our, if someone had already done our work for us. Before <laughs> every show that we did. We'd, it'd be amazing. Uh, then uh, we have Heroes of Wrestling. I legitimately don't remember this episode. Yeah, there's not a lot to say. We've done, I think, throughout the course of this, four wrestling shows. I was so checked out of this because I didn't care about anything. It was so slow. Mm -hmm. It's offensive at times. It's poorly filmed. Everything about this is just bad. And then we hit Razzie Month. And um, 
Medea family funeral, I just remember being very frustrated with. Yes. Because it was like a really good family drama. And then Medea. Yeah. My review of it is, imagine a very uh, serious movie like Sophie's Choice. And then you insert Ernest P. Worrell. That's what a Medea movie feels like. Yeah, because the rest of it is quite good. Yeah. I, this is one we disagree because I actually give it a stay tuned because I, I say like this film delivers on what it promises. Yeah. Even though I didn't like it. Uh, the Haunting of Sharon Tate, which I actually use God. in... Uh, I gave my students an example thesis mm-hmm. and it's about how bad The Haunting of Sharon Tate sucks. God, that movie, like, what were they Thinking. The Haunting of Sharon Tate fails as a film because it reduces historical people into stock character tropes from horror films, cheapening a real-life tragedy. Yeah. And uh, every year, uh, I, I take part in something I call the Movie Movie Challenge. Yes. Shout, shout out to our friends at I Like to Movie Movie, which is a movie like podcast. And they're very positive, and they, every year they release their top ten favorite films okay. as a podcast. And it's usually like three hours long. And I listen to it, and every time they bring up a movie that I haven't seen, I pause it and I watch that film. Okay. And one of the films they brought up was Capote. No. I did this last time I tried to talk about Capone. Yes. About Al Capone. But it's about Al Capone's last year of life. So when he was, like, syphilitic and crazy? Yeah. So, like, it's, like, based off of a true story. But half of the movie is, like, his delusions. So who's to say that's what he was... Seeing in his delusion. So I was like, this is not fun. Uh, so I, I really hate this, like, let's take a true story and then just imply that this insanity happened. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was so incredibly offensive to real people who died. Yeah. I, I, I have very complicated feelings on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, which was rushed out to come out the 50th anniversary of the Sharon Tate murder. Yeah. And I think it's super screwed up. That we had to rush two films out for the 50th anniversary of someone's actual of murder. Of someone's actual murder. Um, at the hands of a cult. Yeah. Uh, the next one we did was The Fanatic, which yeah. I, I, is the second most offensive movie I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, is the next film the most offensive movie you've ever seen? It is! Because I'm actually more upset by The Fanatic because I think Rambo Last Blood is obviously offensive. While I feel like The Fanatic is insidious. Okay. Where you're like, ah, it's one of those films that's really I can see that offensive, but you can see people being like, it's not that bad. And by giving it that pass, you're making it worse. Kind of like Song of the South. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I can see that. Because Rambo Last Blood, I'm like, this is racist, this is sexist, this is ageist. Yeah. Like, everything about this is terrible. Yeah, there's not... There's but nothing. the fanatic is really insidious about mental health and yeah. uh, being neuroatypical... Yeah, and especially when, because I, I remember watching it being like, this is offensive to like the autistic community, right? And you said, he's actually doing someone he knows. And I was like, that is worse than if this is based off of a real person. Yeah, and I remember it being really bad that like his friend who's a tabloid photographer, who like is young, who's a young woman in LA and has probably been in a situation where she's been victimized kind of offers up other people to be victimized. Yeah. Which is terrible. But the fanatic also has one of my favorite uh, scenes. Which you quote all the time. (laughs) You don't like Limp Bizkit? Because it it was directed by Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. And there's a scene where they just listen to a Limp Bizkit CD for like a minute. (laughs) And 
I find the scene actually to be one of the best parts of the movie because it's Devin Sawa telling his son, like, this was real music. And I was like, oh, this is not sending the message you think it is. No. What you're sending is, this is dad music now. Yeah. Not like, our music was better. Limp Bizkit was never real music. Because we were talking about this because there was this thing about, now that's what I call dad rock. Yeah. And we, like, had a tizzy. We, we had a full tanty. Because, a full tanty. Because of what was on it. Yeah. But I remember taking exception to Avril Lavigne's Complicated being on it. Yeah. Because I was like, if anything, that's mom that's rock. mom rock right there. Because that wasn't like, I didn't know a lot of teenage boys listening to Avril. Yes. And I was the target audience for Avril. Because, like, when Complicated came out, I was a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> Uh, the room is the first pouring one out, kind of. Yes. We didn't do it as a column, but I tried to make you a scotchka. Yeah, yeah I was like, can you make me? Because it was just vodka and scotch. But I, we didn't have everything, so I made it with Fireball and like chocolate cake flavored vodka. You know, I could do it right now for real. Hold, please. <laughs> Because, like, I have the, the the nice, like, bourbon, which is, like, a nice scotch. And I know we have just plain vodka now. We do! So, like, if you want, we could do it for real. So I'm back. I got Noah a scotchka, and I got him a ginger water. Because yeah. I feel like scotch and ginger ale is something people do, right? Yeah, so this is, this is the actual drink that they're drinking in uh, the room, where it's just scotch and vodka. That looks... I, I don't know the last time I just did a full shot. All right, so to, so to I raise a glass to, to pouring one out, a, a segment that has greatly changed this show. Scotch, get down the hatch. It's fine. It just tastes like burning. Yeah, I'm not a big. I <laughs> I almost never do a shot. Guys, I'm gonna be hammered by the end of this. Yeah, I had that thought mm. briefly. I was like, oh no. Because ah. I thought about grabbing a beer mm-hmm. if we go any further than like 115. Which, this is, I think, a good reason to bring this up. Uh, I've been asked why we don't do a video podcast since we do release on YouTube. Like, why you can't see us. You can't drink on YouTube. Really? Yeah. It, like, you get demonetized and you get suppressed and stuff because of kids. Uh, so I can talk about it. <laughs> but if I physically show it, we, we kind of run into problems. I've also had a reluctance to doing video because like... Uh, I look a certain way when we're recording. Yeah. Like, and I'd have to do considerably more work. I'm in Batman pajamas currently. <laughs> uh, I am arguably wearing real pants. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we would have to be able to be, like, fully monetized for us to go into some sort of video format. Uh, <laughs> not that we're making tons of money off of YouTube now, but <laughs> but uh, for it to be worth it, we'd have uh, we'd have to be fully monetized. Yeah, the room was fun because the room was one like I had to watch it for work, which is a great sentence. Um, and we decided to cover it because we'd already watched it anyway. Right. I guess we could do that with Super Mario Brothers because we're watching that. No, this is very important. We did the room because uh, Grave Digger Brian sent us a dollar. Oh, that's right. Thanks, Brian. Because I said during one of the shows, like, if you send us $1, we will do the room. Which Uh, meant we kind of wanted to do it. We now own the room because I had to rush order it from Amazon for work. Yeah. Uh, So the next one was WrestleMania, which is, 
we we do have some fun rule breakers. Yeah, WrestleMania was an interesting. I, I should also really quickly bring up that we do not agree on the room because you give it a stay tuned and I give it a stay tuned. I had a great freaking time. Uh, WrestleMania, we, we tried to discuss whether or not WrestleMania should happen considering COVID. Yeah. Because, like, this is where COVID starts to really hit us. Yes. And we both end up giving it a stay tuned, but, like, we almost don't. This is our first post-COVID episode because there is a two-week hiatus between The Room and WrestleMania because we move. Yes. Um, Because I did take notice of where hiatuses were. Yeah. And there's a two-week hiatus between The Room and WrestleMania because we move apartments. Mm -hmm. And, frankly, thank God. Yeah. Because it... It was getting very hard to record in that little apartment. Like, we have more mm. of a space to record now. Yeah. That feels more conducive to having a conversation. Because mm-hmm. we now sit across from each other and we used to sit next to each other. And I feel like this helps. Yeah, I think this definitely helps. We also used to sit next to each other on the floor because our couch was noisy. Yes, and occasionally my chair makes noise. Yeah. But. Uh, so then we move on to Mina and the Count. This episode kind of felt like a throwaway. Like this, You were super excited for it. I and was. Then, like, I think one of the biggest issues is it's real. I don't think we have a single good episode that's a children's cartoon. Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, a, a discarded summer project for us was the What a Cartoon Project. Yeah. Where I wanted to go through the Cartoon Network What a Cartoons. And in fact, I have a spreadsheet on my Google Drive that I... F- painstakingly found every single one. Yeah. And it was going to be shorter episodes where we watched them and then, like, discussed them in their aftermath. hmm But I'm not sure, the, like, I think we would have had some great episodes of that. Yeah. I feel like they would have been diamonds in the rough. Yeah, anything that's kind of, like, you know, syndicated, like, watch them in any order, like, for kids, so there's not a big need for originality like and i'm not trying to be a a jerk here and like crap all over kids programming because there's a lot of great kids programming here but there is this thing where children who are like eight don't know the very obvious joke Mm -hmm. Uh, and i because i remember joe pardo talking about this like the funniest joke in the world to a kid is a big action sequence that's broken up by the heroes going up an elevator. Yeah. And, like, that's a joke we've seen a million times. Yeah. But when you're eight and it's the first time you see that joke, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. When uh, We were actually just talking about this the other night. Uh, when my mother took me to see the play Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, there's a the part where Pyramus and Thisbe, Thisbe commits suicide. But it's played for laughs because she, like, cannot die. Right. And it was very Bugs Bunny cartoon to me. And I thought the actor had made a hilarious choice because it didn't occur to me as a 10 year old that this joke was 500 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, so th- th- that's kind of what made me think of that of like, everything is new to kids. So jokes that we find trite in our 20s and 30s are new to them. Yeah. I-, I think there's also the issue with kids media of, uh, since it's not episodic, and also the way syndication works, one season of a kid show is often 40 episodes. Yes. So we don't do a lot of cartoons for that reason, of it's just not practical for us to do. Yeah. Um. Then it was Tiger King. Tiger King. Tiger King, it's really interesting. 
because uh, I'd actually like to talk about how we approach Tiger King and how the narrative later caught up to us. Yeah. Uh, because we actually look at it and we're like, we talk about Carol Baskin as unlikable victim. Yeah. And how she is indisputably a victim of crimes. Mm-hmm. But the Tiger King edits her to seem also fairly unlikable. And now the narrative around Joe Exotic is that he is a monster. Yeah. And Carol Baskin's not a great person herself. Mm-hmm. But the narrative is no longer LOL Joe Exotic. It's like, no, he's a monster. So, like, the narrative publicly got to where we were upon first watch. Yeah. So I was proud of that. Yeah. Uh, I will will say that uh, this was the show I was watching, like, there's going to be another season because he's going to get out of prison. And, and then, then Trump he didn't, didn't pardon him. And then he didn't get pardoned. Uh, also, I know he's not your favorite. Matt Pat does a great uh, film theory about whether or not Carol Baskin could have killed her husband. We watched it. It's it's really good. Like, he does some really good research. I, I feel bad. Uh, in our household, it's funny because we actually, we do Matt Pat, uh, Game Lab, and Escape the Night. Mm-hmm. I don't start, like, weirdly disliking Matt Pat. Until much later than that. Uh, I feel like he just had a run of shows where I, I just, I don't understand his audience because he makes a lot of very dated references for 30-year-olds. Yeah. But runs his show like it's for 12-year-olds. Yeah. He's trying to, he's casting a very big net. I love Matt Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the best YouTuber. Uh, I, I love when you turned to me during Firefly and told me Simon looked like Matt Pat and I screamed at you. And it's it's interesting. I've had a few fans actually like send me messages or comments apologizing for not liking Matt Pat as much as I do. So you're not alone. There's a lot of people who don't like Matt Pat. But I like this idea of like, hey, I know you like Matt Pat, but I don't. Is that cool? <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course it's cool. Yeah. Anyone sending those messages? I don't like Matt Pat that much, <laughs> and he's clearly cool with me. Um, I, I, I feel bad because I think if I was like in a room with Matt Pat having a conversation, I would actually enjoy him as a human being. Yeah, I because I really enjoy him in Escape the Night. Mm-hmm. He's a I, big musical theater nerd, and like when he does the live streams, mm-hmm. I like Stephanie a lot more than him. Uh, but I do like him in those live streams. Yeah, like the. I don't like Matt Pat the character. Matt Pat the character does a lot of cringe jokes. Yeah. That he knows are cringe. And, like, this is because. But he's not Garth Marenghi and he doesn't do the stylistic suck. I disagree. I think Matt Pat includes three or four cringy jokes in every video. So people comment, ugh, that joke. And then he gets more comments and it helps the algorithm. Yeah. Like, I think he's a YouTube genius. I, I will say he is brilliant with what he does. Exactly. And like, I don't dislike him as a human being. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he and I would probably have a good conversation and be friendly in real life as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the character. Yeah. I I, like, I think this is the best way to put it. I think Matt Pat is the best at YouTube. He's not my favorite YouTuber. But he's clearly the best at it. No, my favorite YouTuber's gotta be Defunctland. Yeah. Oh, like, bar none. Yeah, and, like, I, I would say I enjoy Defunctland's content more. But he's not putting it out at a rate that MatPat does. No, absolutely. And he's not getting the views that MatPat does, because MatPat is just better at the game of YouTube. And I like food theory more than I like game theory or film theory. Yeah. Um... 
We were watching something and somebody did, but that's just a theory. In a context we weren't expecting, and we, like, died. Well, anytime anyone makes a theory on YouTube, they usually make a MatPat reference. Yeah. And, like, because he kind of owns that, like, corner of the internet now. And that catchphrase, that's just a theory. A game theory. Like, it's a perfect catchphrase. He's really good at YouTube. So We're going to talk about him more, so let's yeah. uh, let's continue down this road. We didn't know nobody's watching, which was a lot of fun. Nobody. Um, the next two are, like, very interesting episodes that I don't think uh, got enough uh, views, which were nobody's watching and John Mayer has a TV show. John Mayer has a TV show is also a very, very important milestone. John Mayer has a TV show is the first pouring one. Like, the first time pouring one out is... A segment. A segment. And the very first pouring one out... I have a bottle of wine in a paper bag. Yep. So the very first pouring one out, I put the bar on the floor. Because uh, it's called the soccer mom tell... Because he mentions moms drinking wine coolers out of paper bags. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious. John Mayer has a TV show. Um, I don't know, Shelly, my best friend. I don't know if you listen to this in real life. I have to apologize to you about half of the things I've said about John Mayer. Because mm-hmm. I really liked this show. Yeah, John, this is a treasure. Uh, for the longest time when I would do a Twitch stream, this was my go-to episode to put on before I went live. Like, watch some of John Mayer has a TV show. Because uh, I thought it was a, a good review and it had some, like, real fun stuff in it. Uh, then... You made a uh, John Mayer put alcohol in this, which was a seltzer, banana Bacardi, and coconut rum. Yeah, because it was clear. So it yeah. didn't look like it was an alcoholic drink. Uh, then we get into YouTube month, which yes. I, I, we have six, well, we have five and a half episodes based in YouTube. Yes. Thank, uh, thank you to Matthew again, who this uh, was a lot of fun. sent us the subscription to YouTube Red or YouTube Premium or whatever it was called at the time. So we could do this. Yeah. The first one was It's Poppy, which I hated. I know you hated it. I was so excited for it. And I also hated it. I did like my... the. This was the first time the drink segment made me laugh when I was listening to it, though, because I call it the heavy-handed symbolism. Yes. And then we do Good Game. Good Game, I think, is one of our best episodes. Uh, And following up with Good Game, actually, uh, the CW has been developing... Yo, what is this about? The CW has been developing an esports show called Good Game Mm -hmm. that has pretty much the same premise, but has no relation to the YouTube series... And in fact, like, the creators of the YouTube series, I believe, may be taking legal action? I mean, like, they... Michelle Morrow was wicked pissed. Yeah, I know that. I know Jesse Cox was very upset. They should be! Like, and, like, because the font was similar, and it was, like, two guys and a girl with blue hair. Like, it looked exactly like they were trying to just make good games. I really liked this show. I loved this show. I thought this was great. I thought this was a great way to use YouTubers... Uh, I thought it was, oh man, I love this show. Uh, and, and like, this is one of the ones where we're coming at it from two different points of view, but we're both very knowledgeable in different ways. Yeah. And I did a lot of good editing with this one because on top of using clips from the show, I also put in random like Game Grumps clips that tied in. So I was like, yeah, the reason they're making this joke on this show is because of this show. And that's what, like, kind of started opening the door of, like, oh, I can put clips of anything in our show. Yeah, I I just, I enjoyed, I also made a mango margarita. Uh, The previous episode, I made a strawberry margarita. This is during the margarita era. The margarita era of the show. Of 
Lara's pouring one out. Then we hit the mat pat. Yes. You make a ridiculous drink. Do I? I don't remember what I mean. You made. make something called the clap and a half? Oh, that's right. I get really drunk on this show. Yeah, it's the blue curacao, the curacao, the liquor 43, absolute vodka, and I don't, oh, um, Patron? a Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. That's right, because it's spelled clap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I made a coffee, whiskey, and I made a coffee and whiskey drink mm-hmm. uh, that I called the overnight security. That honestly sounds pretty good. We made a lot of good drinks. <laughs> yeah, most of them are actually decent. And the Matt Pat, I actually really liked this show. Yeah. Uh, because Matt Pat's a grown up in it. Yes. Um, and th- I remember. And he doesn't do the weird pandering to children thing. Yeah. And, and I remember saying, like, this is the perfect YouTube Red show because it is game theory with a budget. Yes. Like, it's game theory plus, and which none of the other shows really grasp that. And I also really love Stephanie. Stephanie's like, wonderful. Whenever we watch anything with game theory, I like it infinitely more when mm. Stephanie is around. Yeah. I think she's very clever and very fun. Because she, like, rides an ostrich. Yeah. And is, like, weirdly good at it. And I, I just remember, like, thinking that was really fun. That That's the best episode because, like, they're like, we're getting into the world of ostrich racing. And every interview is just people like, I just kind of get on the ostrich and it goes. Oh, it's, it's great. And then they get attacked by an ostrich at the end. Which is my fear. <laughs> um... It's, I love We that went one. to the, we, there's a limit of things you can really do right now, but for my birthday, we went to the zoo and yeah. you were like, it's coming right toward us with the ostrich. And I almost pooped myself because <laughs> I'm like terrified of birds. Yeah. And I wanted to protect you. So I gave you a hug and you're like, please don't hold me in one place right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so upset about that. I almost missed my favorite animal. Yeah. You saw the capybara. Because then we saw capybaras. The next one's Prank Academy. Oh, man, this show is retroactively so sad. Yeah, because they split up right after this, or during this, I think it was. They split up between filming and, like, they announced their breakup, like, right around when it starts its run. Yeah, it's a very interesting curio uh, in the the world of YouTube. Uh, And then, by popular request. Incredibly popular we, We do escape the night. And this is the only time I make a drink with Blue Curacao. (laughs) This <laughs> is the only time? Yeah. Uh, that's actually why I wanted to bring it up, because I'm like, oh, this is so far the only time I've made anything with Blue Curacao. Oh, no, wait. There are two where I make one with Blue Curacao. Uh, but I make one called the Madison, based on the mermaid. Yes. Uh, Escape the Night was a hidden gem of this summer for me. What, yeah, what a great time. We supported the Kickstarter. The From what I understand, the board game is on its way now. Sweet. So that'll be something that's coming soon. Yeah, we that's got another re- promise we made is that we'll we'll play that on mic. Yeah, and that's we- a crowdfund crypt episode if I've ever heard of one. And uh, hopefully this- it'll be at a time where people can come over and play. This was such a strange show because this was a complete rule breaker. Yeah, this is something we did because there was honestly demand for it. Demand, and it was a very popular episode. People were very happy we did this. And there were four seasons. We watched all four. Uh, I would rank them three, one, two, four. Yeah, three is easily the best season. Uh, Justice for Sophia. Yeah, um, we we got into Sophia Nygar because of this. Yeah, like I've now watched like everything she's done. Yeah, uh, and we were watching somebody, and I was like, oh my god, she's doing Sophia. She did like the exact like body language of Sophia when we yeah. were watching something, <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed this show. Yeah, fantastic. I also Super fun. almost. I, there was a point where I thought we should remake a drink. 
uh, which you kind of did because you had the scotchka. Yeah. Um, but I was going to remake the drink from episode 85B. Because you wanted another cinnamon roll? I was going to remake the cinnamon roll. Because <laughs> it was your favorite? It was really good. Uh, then we did the greatest event in television history. And this is the other time I make... Uh, this is the other time I make a drink with Blue Curacao. Uh, yeah, this is... A, the greatest event in television history, we disagree. And I don't know if I included that in my numbers. So we actually disagree seven times. Yeah, this was... I, I didn't care for this. It was fine. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I, I've, I remember we had a lot of fun with it. But we were at the point where we're kind of like, I don't think there needs to be more. Yeah. Because I remember I was on the Stay Doomed train until like the very end of the episode where I was like, you know, if I found out tomorrow they were setting up another episode, I'd be very excited to watch it. Yeah, but I think that much time needed to go past it. Yeah. That, that's fun. It's where they recreate episode or the, the theme songs to various... Uh, <laughs> television shows. It's fun. It's only four episodes. It's worth your time, in my opinion. Uh, the next one is one of my favorite episodes for a weird reason. I really yeah. liked Puppet Man because it was such a... St- th- this is kind of... We did a lot of higher profile stuff in the mm. second season. And Puppet Man's one of the only, like, really freaking weird things we did. Yeah, we wanted and to And we have, this- like, a next level conversation about, like, agency and characters. Yeah. Especially child characters. Mm-hmm. It was like who we, we talk. We try to decide who the audience is for this show. I blend an entire piece of cake and drink it. Yes, we didn't talk about Prank Academy where we t- made each other's drinks. Oh yeah, and I accused you of putting glass in my drink. Yeah, that was fun. Just wanted to bring that up. But uh, Puppet Man, like, we were very excited to do it because it was considered lost media. It was like the holy grail of like uh, Jim Henson fans yes. for the longest time. We're like, all right, let's do it. And we watched, and we're like, oh. The puppets are good. I'll I'll say the puppets are good. Yeah, I remember saying the puppets are great, but nah. Uh, The next one was Archie. Archie, what a... This is a really weird one for us to do. This is a funny episode because I keep making it about Riverdale. Well, because the the bit was, you didn't make a Riverdale joke in uh, one of our previous episodes. So as punishment, we had to watch Archie. And uh, this is one we disagree because uh, I give it a stay tuned because I had a ball with this. And I remember at the end of this one, I'm like, I really want to start watching more really old stuff. Like, I would love to do more black and white stuff. And then we never do. I mean, to be to be fair, we only have 12 episodes left at this point. Yeah. And uh, most of that stuff was like stuff set in stone. Yeah. The last like three episodes were like some written blood by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moolah Beach I had a great time with. Moolah Beach was great. My man, J.D. Roth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I loved the drinks we made for both episodes. Yeah. I make my only virgin drink in the first episode of Moolah Beach. Yeah. Uh, my only virgin cocktail. And I make something called Holding Hands on the Beach. And it's just a juice blend that's meant to mimic a sex on the beach. Yeah, with no alcohol, right? And you make a packaged blue Hawaiian because it's Hawaiian and fake. Yes. <laughs> and then for the second one, I make this elaborate red drink called Nancy's Revenge. And you put alcohol in a slushy from Sonic. Yeah, sometimes we lo- we're a little low on steam and I'm just like, what What can I put booze in? Uh, no, we were on our way back from the liquor store and you went, pull over. I want to get a blue coconut slushy for the episode today. Oh. 
All right, that sounds like uh, No, you like, this was the plan. <laughs> um, episode 90 is the one, uh, episode 90B, I Actually Cry. Yeah, The Muppets. What a great show this was. Like, this is a show I'd probably revisit. Just yeah. to watch again, because man, The Muppets is great. Which would make this our third time through, because we watched this live. I don't think we watched all of it live. We did. Did we? Because I don't remember I a lot threw of it. a tanty when we watched the last episode, when it ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, you know what? I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember that tanty. Um, yeah, I I love this show. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that with... Disney ponying up the money to put the original Muppet show on YouTube or on Disney Plus. Yeah. I'm hoping that means they have enough interest in the property to do something else with it. Well, because Muppets now, like, super belly flopped in that, like, we got two episodes deep and I was like, I don't know if I want to continue down this journey. Yeah. uh, We'll find out by this time next year whether Muppets now is something we have to cover. Yeah. Because we'll definitely cover it if it doesn't get another season. But man, I was bummed about it. Me too. Um... I was really excited because I thought it was going to be... I was like, Uncle Deadly, woo! Uh, I need to point out both of your drinks for the Muppets were blue. Yeah, well, I made a really cool drink because I made the Uncle Deadly. You made the Uncle Deadly Martini. Yes, which I I used like an airhead for like an olive. Yeah, and it got stuck in there yeah. and was like disgusting. I remember it looked really good when I took the picture. I had a pumpkin beer because I was mad at Kermit for shitting on pumpkin beer. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But, like, my first one was a tea drink called the But That's None of My Business. Because Kermit does the meme during the episode. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the band episodes. I don't think he... I think you're thinking... He does the meme during Muppets Now. No, he does it during the original Muppets. Or not the original Muppets, but the 2015. Is it referencing the meme, or is that where the meme comes from? It's referencing the meme. The meme comes from, like, uh, Lipton tea ads from, like, the early 2010s. Oh. All right. Uh, so then we get into the band episodes. Yeah. Band episodes are always really interesting to me. Oh, we also, between the Muppets and the band episodes, we do take our September hiatus. Yeah, we take our September hiatus like we usually do. Uh, we come back and we do Gargoyle's Deadly Force. Which I, I think is one of the only episodes of a children's media mm-hmm. that worked really well as an episode for this. Yeah, this one we got a very interesting reaction to because it was nothing but people over... I got a message to, like... Two days ago. Yeah? About this episode, telling me that it wasn't a band episode. They brought it back. And we yeah. said that in the episode. And I was like, yeah, there was a time where it was censored. And they're like, I remember seeing it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, you're the super specialist. Like, <laughs> they're like, it's on my DVD. I was like, okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, being on the DVD usually is what happens to band episodes. Usually they don't get syndicated. Yeah. Usually adults are buying the DVDs. Yeah, a lot of people were upset that, like, we claimed that this was banned. It was for a time. I like, I don't want to be too mean, because, like, basically what I'm saying in saying that is there's still a very rabid Gargoyles community. Oh, there (laughs) absolutely is. Um, But yeah, a lot of people... There were comics for... There there may still be comics. I haven't actually looked into it recently. But yeah, we, we had a very interesting reaction to that episode. We did South Park 200 and 201. Yes, which we both gave it a stay doomed, despite the fact that I used to love those episodes. Yeah, uh, South Park... I, I really loved South Park for a time. Mm-hmm. I think that style of humor... And it's still it's still on. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I think... 
I have mixed feelings about South Park. Yeah. There are things I like about South Park and there are things I don't like. Mm-hmm. And, but the things I don't like tend to outnumber the ones I do. Yeah. Um. Then we did Rocco. Yeah. Uh, no, we did Rude Removal next. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. We did. And that's the other time I drink something with no alcohol in it. Because the root has been removed. And then mine's super strong, I think. Is that the bit? No, you had a shot of rum and I had just a soda. Right, right. Because like it was- Yeah, yours wasn't super strong. Yours was just rum. Yeah, it was the root that had been removed from your drink. Which was a fun gimmick. Yeah. Uh, Leapfrogs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Leapfrogs, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember much about recording that episode. I, I just remember us saying, like, I kind of remember seeing it live. And because my big thing was I remembered watching it live and did not catch the sexual innuendo at all when I was a child. Yeah, because um, this episode came out right after my father passed away. Right. So I, I there's a really good chance we were recording it the day after he passed, mm-hmm. which is a very, like, me approach. Like, no, we're going to record we just took a hiatus. Yeah. Because um, looking at the dates, I found it very kind of bleakly funny that he got much sicker in August. We took a September hiatus and then he passed away in October. So when things were actually most bad, we were recording. Yeah. In September, we were like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Um, you have another drink with Blue Curse now. <laughs> um, Murder in Small Town X. I remember recording 95A on election night. Yes. And we were super stressed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that one, I have to f- super shout out uh, Matthew. Thank you so much. Who Not not only did he upload this, because he, he sent me a picture like, look what I just bought on DVD. And I was like, oh, I'll buy that. And he was like, no, 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 I'll rip it for you and put it on YouTube. And I was like, all right, cool. Which is super generous. Thank and you so much. And then he realized that there was like gaps in it. So there were... Like, so he spliced together other YouTube videos to give us the entire thing. So thank you to Matthew so much for putting all that together. Uh, this is And also, I have to laugh because we noticed the lapses in quality and I thought it was Fox's fault. Yeah, I was like, wait, what's Fox doing? Uh, this is also the episode where uh, I put in a Kenny Omega joke where, like, I play his music for a moment. Yeah. It took me so long to get it to, like, line up right. And I was like, no one's going to get this joke. Which is so, like, very common of me. I was like, I'm going to put it a lot of work into a joke no one will get. And that reminds me, I did that for Archie, too. Yeah. And, like, no one ever caught it. Because there's a moment where they're all saying Archie in the, the opening theme. And it's like, Archie, Archie. And then I spliced in, a kid is dead, Archie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Over Jughead's, like, head popping up. Like, finding that audio clip took me an hour. Because they it, they didn't have it on YouTube. Because I thought it was a big quote, but it's apparently a thing just you and I say. Because I yell a kid is dead, Archie, constantly. Uh, so I had to play it off of Netflix, and I can't rip directly down from Netflix. So I had to play it and record it with a microphone. Oh my gosh. Just so I could do that. And nobody caught it. It's an episode very few people listen to. I... Because nobody's like, oh, I really want to hear what Noah and Laura have to say about this 1960s uh, sitcom pilot that didn't get picked up. I mean, I think the only people who would have been super into it are like, oh, Laura has that has a love-hate relationship with Riverdale. This will be funny. Um, so this is the first time I make a mimosa. Uh, and then 
in episode two of Modern Small Town X, I make a tequila sunrise, but also play Fluffy Bunny on Mike. Where you just watch me shove my mouth full of marshmallows and go, it's for the burned man. Oh, yes. What an interesting show that was. Uh, this that was, was so a really fun, fun show. Uh, this is my favorite kind of show to do. Mm-hmm. Of the the glorif- the televised LARP. Yes. Who done it? The Quest. Uh, you know, Murder, Murder in Small, Small Town, Town X. X. These are essentially televised LARPs. Yeah. And they're more fun because of it. Yeah. Um, opposite worlds. Opposite worlds is a little different because uh, the planning is much worse. <laughs> yeah, it's wor- so poorly done. Who done it? Um, well, who done it actually does have a critical planning fa- failure in that they didn't tell Chris to stop winning challenges until too late. Yeah, and the best player ends up also having been the killer. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for a show we did two years ago. Yeah. Um. Then we get to Pinky Elmira in the brain. Yes. Shit, I wanted to like this show. We really wanted to like this show. And, like, this is, again, a, a decent episode, but it's one of those issues where, like, we do a kid's show, and it's, like, harder to pick apart. Yeah. Um, this is the other time I just drink a glass of wine. And uh, on, on Mike, I go, they can't all be winners, <laughs> which is a David S. Pumpkins joke. Yeah. Uh, so this one was like, we did this one right ahead of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So this was like, I kind of I'm like, oh, this was the holidays. Yeah. Like, I remember like baking for Thanksgiving immediately before and after recording this. Yeah. Uh, the next one was Elf Princess Rain, which was fun. It's a fun little curio. We super need to do like an actual short run anime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we picked this because it was two episodes. Yeah, it was very short. And because of the very last minute. Yeah, where it's just asking you to support it. Where a character is just begging you to buy it so that yeah. they can get a third episode. We we did this episode because of that clip. Yeah. Uh, Dungeon Crawlers. Yes, which... Then, then we get into, like, our very special episodes because it's almost episode 100. Yes, we and get... we do Dungeon Crawlers because I'm in it. Yes. Uh, and then we do Chikara because I'm all over it. Yes. Uh, which... Was a very interesting thing to do, and like I had a few people reach out and kind of say like, "Yeah, that I, that was such a sad time and stuff like that." I never got any feedback from anyone else I worked with, so I was a little like concerned that like with crawlers or Chikara with Chikara that I was a little concerned that people would like be like, "Hey, why did you talk poorly about a show we worked on?" But nobody did. So either nobody cared or nobody listened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we put over a lot of people in that yeah. show. There's a lot of people who are currently involved with Camp Leapfrog, which is adorable. Mm. Uh, last night was the big gay giveaway. And like a lot of the people yes. who used to be, um, who were alum of Action Arcade, banded together and raised $10,000 for the Tr- Trevor Project. Yes, which is absolutely incredible. Like a lot of the talent from Chikara, I cannot say enough good things about and on the tech side i remember i talked a lot about sam and josh will did a lot as well so shout out to will thank you for all the work that you did on jakara with us that was great and we talk about greg who and we talk about greg yeah beautiful video packages um and then we did firefly you know just last week yeah man man i'm upset still (laughs) you can hear all about that in our crowdfund crypt episode but like 
Yeah, I was real sad after Serenity, just so you know. Yeah, I... It's... It's a very funny thing that this was episode 100, and this was always the plan. Yeah. Like, I think logically, this would be such a natural place for us to close the show. Yeah. But we're not gonna. We're not gonna, no. Um, there, there's still too many things that we need to do. I, I One of the big signs that the show had to continue for me was actually, we already had the uh, the countdown to 100. We, we'd already recorded Elf Princess Rain. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, hanging out in the Lost Media Wiki because I don't have a life. It's a fun place to hang out. We spent and some time there. Megan Once a Millionaire had been found. Yes. And I had that moment of, the show has to go on for another 50 episodes <laughs> because Megan Once a Millionaire was found. Yes. And my first sign-off line was, yes. if you know how to find Megan Once a Millionaire. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that like we found that right before the end of season two. Yes. And uh, I, I did ask our community, like, what's your favorite episode of Stay Doomed? And nobody gave me like a, dis- a definitive answer. But their favorite episodes were all reality shows. So, like, the reality shows were ones of the best. And while we have yet to finish uh, Megan Wants a Millionaire, I can promise you a pretty baller episode (laughs) coming up. uh, I have done... I think some of the best episodes are the ones where we are interested enough to do a lot of research. Yeah. And uh, I have incredible research on Megan Wants a Millionaire. Yeah, Megan Wants a Millionaire is going to be a very interesting This episode. is also another show. I think some of the best episodes are ones one of us watched live. Mm-hmm. And the other one's just newly discovering it. Because um, anyone who watched or anyone who watched or listened to our Daisy of Love episode knows that like, I really like the Of Love shows. Yeah. I loved VH1 Celebrity. So this is a very interesting episode to tackle because this episode, this show is the end of Celebrity. Yeah. This show is a genre killer. Yeah, it's going to be... And it's not the show's fault. Yeah. I'm super excited to talk about oh, this. Oh, God, this is going to be an incredible episode. I'm very excited uh, for but it. But to, to continue talking about uh, what our fans had to say, our fans sent us some questions. Yay! So I just want to pull them up real quick, and we'll, we'll uh, discuss those. Uh, the legendary pirate gamer beard. Yarr. Uh, any episodes that you changed the verdict if you revisited the show? Any episode changed the verdict? I, I would say probably Mike Mitchell. What's going on with Mike Mitchell? I think I, I've been persuaded that uh, could have definitely worked as a show. Um, maybe WrestleMania I would give a Stay Doomed to now. I, I think most of the ones that I would change verdict on are older than season two. Yeah. I, there's definitely some ones from season one that I, I honestly would consider revisiting. I had that thought too. Like maybe we should go back and redo a show. Uh, Cause I want to watch clone high again, <laughs> but clone high. I, I know you want to watch clone high again. That's just, not, we don't need to. It's not when we need to revisit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm mostly thinking of reality shows of, we have talked so much more. I was actually reading a book about like the ethics of reality TV. Mm-hmm. And like, I think those are the ones I would love this is like my bias coming in. I would love to redo Daisy of Love as a two-parter. Yeah. I think that one was a one-parter. Yes, it was. And there's definitely a point where I start to rush. Yeah. Uh, looking back at my notes, we both gave a stay tuned to Mina and the Count, which I find a little surprising. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I would do that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd agree about about that one. 
Uh, let's see. Everything else, yeah, I'm looking at seems about right. Yeah. What did you give Over the Garden Wall? Uh, over the Garden Wall, I actually changed in editing. Because I gave it a stay doomed. That's right, I remember. And then I had to record something like, hey, I realized how much I enjoyed this show in editing. Yeah, because I remember you and I really disagreed on Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, because I was just like, I don't get it. And then in watching it again to like pull clips to edit the show together, like I was watching it with a different eye because you super loved it. I did. So like when I was watching it with you, I was just like, I'm not loving it the way I'm supposed to. Yeah. I guess I'm missing it. And then in watching it more passively to edit, like I was like, I need this clip. And then I'd end up like leaving it on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think I really like this show. So, yeah, I guess that's a good one to bring up would be uh, Over the Garden Wall. Uh, that's a great question. Thank you, thank you yeah, so that's, much. I'm actually kind of like even thinking about season one with these questions because we didn't take questions for the season one retrospective. So I wanted yeah. to... Those are the ones I think we have so much more under our belts and so much more knowledge under our belts now. Yeah. Uh, Kermit the Grog asks... Uh, do you feel like you've gained any new insight watching new series and knowing if they will get a second season or not, or pilots getting picked up? I'm going to be totally honest. We don't watch a lot of media mm-hmm. that's uh, running presently. Yeah, I know that... Uh, we are of, super slow to adopt media. Yeah, Matthew from our Patreon likes to roast me because I said, oh, holy moly, is a one-season wonder. And it came back. Because uh, to be honest... When it comes to picking up what makes a show a one-season wonder, it's rarely the content of the show. It's usually like, did they put it on Friday night? Did they show the episodes out of order? Like, it's usually the more the behind-the-scene things that oh, I can to be me like, the, oh, they're getting rid of this. To me, the big one is, does the entire premise hinge on one question that once the question is answered, there's nowhere to go? Okay. Could you give me an example? The event. Oh, I forgot about the yeah. event. What is the event? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, I believe Revolution did run more than one season, but I remember being like, so when they find out what made the electricity go bye-bye, what happens? Yeah. Uh, shows that hinge on one mystery either get cut off because there's nowhere to go after that, or they run forever, but they aren't good. I think of The Mentalist with, like, the Red John mystery. And, like, there's so many teases of, like, we found Red John. Well, no, that's not him. And, like, the show goes on for way too long. Yeah. X-Files as well. Because it was just like, what happened to Mulder's sister? And X-Files was still on after Mulder had left the show. <laughs> but uh, I remember one of the few shows to do that well was Monk. Yeah? Because we didn't know what happened to Monk's wife. Okay. And it's a through line through the entire series. But it's all... The show is really about Monk and him learning to live without his wife and the murder of the week. Right. And spoilers for the end of Monk, uh, he finds out that the biggest clue is something he had in his apartment the whole time. Oh, really? It was an unopened gift from his wife that he could never bring himself to open. Oh, But the contents of it were the biggest clue. Fascinating. So it ends with him actually managing to solve her murder. Huh. But it also wasn't every episode they were like, who murdered Trudy? Right, right. And I think that's, uh, to me, that's a big hallmark of a show that's going to not run for very long. Mm-hmm. 
uh, gimmick shows are really hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, and I mean gimmick fiction shows. Gimmick reality shows run forever. Um, but gimmick fiction shows where it's really hinging on like, it's an update of this. Uh, I think anything that gets described as it's this but. Yeah. Like, when Mulaney came out and every review was, it's Seinfeld, but... Yeah. You're like, that's not going to do well. I think there's also, like, shows that you can tell are expensive, but don't have an existing IP. Yes. Um, It's really hard to do a new science fiction fantasy show. Yeah. Terra Nova rushes to mind. Because I remember when Terra Nova came out, there's an episode of South Park. Where they do a parody and it's a commercial for Terra Nova. And it's, the commercial is, Terra Nova, it's lost in Jurassic Park. Fuck you, you'll watch it. And I would have. <laughs> um, there was a show, if anybody knows how to find the pilot to Hieroglyph, I would uh, love I to find it. It was, uh, essentially, it was a show Fox was pushing the living crap out of. And then abruptly canceled before it aired. Hmm. And it's just been something I, every now and then I'm like, uh, but that's something, to me, any of those shows that hinge on a big central mystery. Yes, that's a good one. And since we're kind of going down that road, uh, I guess we should look towards the future a little bit. And like, what are the shows that are, are still on our list? Um, there's a bunch of VH1 reality shows. Yeah, we might just do one of those a month at this point. Because we, we were like, let's list them. And we're like, oh my god, there are so many. And this is just a thing I find fascinating. I've been listening to Talk of Love. Which is Lacey Skull's podcast. Yes. And she's from Rock of Love, which ran three seasons. But uh, I find she has people on from every of love variant. Yeah. I've been listening to her episode with Joe from Megan Wants a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of insight onto how it works. And these shows are fascinating. Mm-hmm. And ethically very, very great. Yeah. So in the future, we're looking at things like Kept... Surreal Life Fame fame Games, uh, Strange Love, Breaking Bonaducci, Brooke Knows Best. All those just... Yeah, at least one of those ran more than one season. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe um, Breaking Bonaducci did. No, because they break up. Oh. And like, I remember them saying like, there's probably not going to be a second season because we're going to get divorced. Oh. But yeah, like, Strange Love ran more than one, I want to say. Did I say Strange Love? Yeah. The Brigitte, Brigitte Nielsen one with uh, Flavor Flav? Yeah, it's fun because I have to look. No, Strange Love only ran one. I thought. I thought I was good at my job. Oh, uh, also, that's on Prime Video. Cool. cool. Uh, I know uh, there's a couple like dramas that we've never really looked into. and Like they're longer, so they're, they're tough to work into our schedule. I think they're getting easier now that we've become more comfortable with two parts. Yeah, but the three that jump to mind are... Terra Nova. Yeah. Flash Forward, because I watched that one live. Mm-hmm. And Wonderfalls. But but the cape. Well, the cape... Six seasons in a movie! Yeah, the, the cape, I think, is episode 150. Okay. I, th- I think that's the one that's like... Do No Harm is another one? Do No Harm is a, is a huge one, because it recorded... Recorded. It filmed in... Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So, and it yeah. filmed in Philadelphia during a time where I was working in Philly? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, kind of thinking like, oh, I probably like wandered through their filming. Yeah. Because I would just, on my lunch break, 
I would just wander Center City. Yeah, and I, and I don't think you're as big a fan of Sam the Man Levine that, like, you would see him and recognize him. And this was pre-Hamilton, so I don't know that I would recognize Lin-Manuel Miranda just yeah. around. So that those are definitely, like, on our, our mind. Uh, there's a few... More reality like, shows. There's a few, like, super missing reality shows. Like... We've had many discussions about Who's Your Daddy. Yes. We've had many uh, discussions of... The uh, Will and the Family. The Will and the Family. Yeah, the Family I super want to find. What was the other one? Uh, uh, Someone's Got a Secret. Uh, And we were actually talking about doing uh, some of the gay dating shows in the early 2000s. Yes. That all of these shows were honestly very gross and based in deception. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the names of them right now. Yeah, Boy Meets Boy, I Boy believe is one Boy, of them. Boy uh, Playing It Straight is another one. Uh, I know uh, our fan Matthew sent me uh, Shipwrecked, or it, it's a pirate reality show. It's super like the thing we want because it's part LARP. Okay, I'm down. But it's missing an episode. And we're just like, ah, oh, God, I just want to find it. But I think that's um, reality shows tend to be some of our best episodes. Yes. Because we've both got like. I was not a reality show person outside of the Of Love franchise. Yeah. Like, we, you would watch Survivor and Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope. I either want garbage or nothing. <laughs> like, I went straight. To, like, you came home finding me watching My 600 Pound Life a few times. A lot. Like, Bridezilla's. Yeah, like, <laughs> I go right for trash. Ooh, I think that's something that ran one season on Netflix is um, The Cheapest Weddings. Okay, that's something we can look into. Because uh, I just I think reality shows are something that we excel at. Yeah, I, I do want to do another anime. Um, yeah, so those are some of just the ones that like come to mind. Uh, I know we t- we discussed Britney Spears's chaotic, which is her and K-Fed. Yeah, I, with uh, all of the recent things coming out about Britney Spears, I feel like that's one that has a lot of ethical issues to discuss. Yeah, which makes it I think more of. Something that we would discuss, because I think one of the really big strengths of our show mm. is we're very seldom nasty. I know when we describe our, this show to friends and like people that we're trying to get interested, they think we're a very negative show. Because we're watching stuff that ran one season, so they think we're watching garbage and making fun of it. Yeah. But a lot of it is, I think our most common critique is like, this is so close to being good. Yeah. It's missing X, Y, and Z. And the fact that it's missing that makes it a stay duped. Yeah, I think we're more of a post-mortem like we're an autopsy yeah yeah and i any one of these projects somebody really cared about Mm -hmm. this was someone's big break or this was something that uh a writer really wanted to see through uh some of these are very cynical yeah megan wants a millionaire we're gonna really discuss the cynicism of this show yes for sure so get excited for that but like a lot of these were somebody's passion but I think that, like, I'm very reluctant to really come down on what was someone's passion project. Exactly. And I think the not, I think the fact that we are creatives and especially that you were involved in several shows, mm. we have a certain level of compassion toward the people who make these shows. Yeah. And there are shows in here that were genuine diamonds that never should have been canceled. Not, that I feel like were canceled for, frankly, bullshit reasons. Hi, Christine McConnell. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, these shows have something to them that 
they don't deserve to be in the trash can forever. Yes. And maybe, you know, this is kind of our way of dusting those shows off a little bit. Digging them up and seeing what's what's there. Yeah, and, and like some of these things, there's beautiful things in most of these shows, at mm. least a little bit. Yes, very um, true. Little Mermaid's Island, like, weirdly stands out to me of like, this show isn't very good, but I feel like had it run, it would be one of those shows that comes up on every nostalgia list. Yeah. Because the puppetry is genuinely great. Mm-hmm. The songs are cute. Like, yeah. there's something to be loved in almost every one of these shows. Yeah. And I think that's something that, like, needs to be emphasized of, like, there are very few pieces of media that are all good and all bad. Uh, I kind of go in the other direction sometimes when we watch something that's lauded, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I didn't like X. Yes. And I, I think that's just something that makes our show... Like, we found things about Puppet Man mm-hmm. that were worth discussing. This half-hour, 1980s, seemingly throwaway pilot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something beautiful in that. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, in closing here, uh like to apologize for some broken promises. We never got the creator of Escape the Night, Adam Lawson, on the show. That just kind of like fell apart and like – I could probably reach out again and maybe make that work. But like there was just – logistically we had some issues because of corona and all that other good stuff. Uh, apologize that we never actually did Michael and Michael have issues. Yeah. Because that was on the schedule, and then we found out we didn't have all the episodes. Yeah, we didn't have um, cable. Yeah, so uh, apologies Apologies there. about not having the Quest cast. Yeah, we were going to have the um, Quest cast, and then that all fell apart. And they're lovely people. Yes, and, they are. Uh, we're actually, I think, going to be doing a Zoom with some of them soon. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, that was a casualty of the issues in my personal life. Lined up right about when we were trying to arrange those interviews. Yeah. So maybe when the show comes back, we'll be able to uh, get them back on our, our show here. Yeah. All of the undoomed shows. Yes. Uh, Clone High became undoomed. Uh, the Quest has become undoomed. Yes. I believe there was another one that there was a rumor about. And I can't remember what it is. I know Tiger King. Uh, I know the Muppets we kind of thought was a, there was a possibility for a little bit. Uh I think there was talk of Matt Pat coming back for a little bit. Yeah, there's always Firefly rumors. There's always Firefly rumors. Sign the petition. Uh, Escape the Night is perpetually walking that line. Yeah. Because they did not have a season five. But there's a lot of ambiguity whether that was YouTube's decision or whether that decision was made for them based on uh, the pandemic. Yes, and all that shenanigans there. Uh, Also, it looks like, hold on. It looks like we have a very special message. Nella and Laura, uh, stay dimmed. Noah told me that you guys host... This is my new mask look. It's a, it's a band. I hope they're not dying. See, I got a little breathing room under there. I hear that uh, your podcast... Can we... Can we change it? Can we put... Okay, that's good. I like it. That's good.
I heard that you review shows that ran one season or less, and you're celebrating a hundred episodes, which is more than one season. So you're doing better than the shows you're reviewing, just so you know. But also, you have reviewed four of my shows. Good job. Congratulations to you. Wait. They're telling me to tell you to review the Andy Dick Show. Yeah, you should. Because, first of all, I mean, I guess in real network time, it was only one season. It was 22 episodes. But for MTV seasons, it was like three, I don't remember, four, five, six. I don't remember. But guess what? We're rebooting it. We're rebooting it. You know, this mask, I, by the way, sir, I don't get COVID, I give it. I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I make jokes. So yeah, review my show. I, and then uh, email me and I'll be on your show, okay? Do we have a deal? Good. Good luck, God bless, and I'll see you on your show. Oh my God! Thanks, Andy Dick. That's a new sentence. So thank you to Andy Dick for sending that along. That is wild. Uh, so we did do four <laughs> of his shows. Uh, we did The Assistant, uh, which we, we, we gave a stay doomed to. Uh, we did, uh, we did Not Another High School Show. Which I gave a stay tuned to, and you gave a stay doomed to. Oh, no. He is in Clone High, yes. which was a double stay tuned. Yes, absolutely. And he was in I'm with Busey, which I forget what we gave the verdict. That was a season one episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with Busey. I just remember being simultaneously horrible and amazing. Yes. Um, you know what? I think I remember we that might have been a game over rule. Because we wanted to switch out the host. Yeah, we wanted it to be Andy Dick in the next one. Yeah. We wanted we, to do I'm with Dick. But we liked Busey and Dick. We didn't like the guy who was following Busey. Or <laughs> yeah, we didn't enjoy him. Uh, the one who probably came up with the show. Yeah. Uh, but he was the one where we were like, eh, we could pass on him. Keep Andy Dick and Gary <laughs> Busey. Uh, I, I always find this very fun because when we do actually reach out and make connections with the uh, the people who make these shows... Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's also really helpful to help you remember the human. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of entertainment criticism that forgets people make these shows. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, Andy Dick's persona is kind of built to make you not think of him as a people who made this yeah. show. So I, I think that would be actually really interesting. Yeah. So he, he said he'd be nice enough to come on our show. I don't know if we'd review the Andy Dick show now that it's being rebooted, which I guess is an exclusive. Surprise, everybody. <laughs> I did watch the Andy Dick show and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but if it did run more than one season, maybe since Andy was nice enough to say he'd come on the show, maybe we could review the Ben Stiller show and have him on or. Uh, I mean, we I, did escape the night as a rule breaker. That's true. I, I, 
And we do movies. We did six movies in the last 50 episodes. I, I think in this case, if that's his terms, I accept your terms, <laughs> yeah. Andy Dick. Well, I also think, as much, not to... You were nice enough to record that for me, but I'm pretty sure we could find another one season show that <laughs> Andy Dick in it. It's funny because I always think of, when I think of Andy Dick doing TV, mm-hmm. uh, I think of news radio, which is a show I love. Yeah, and that ran quite a few times. Oh, yeah, that was just a show that was. I mean, fantastic. I'm sure we could just talk to him about the four shows we've already reviewed. Yeah, I think we'd actually have to rewatch a lot of them, though. Yeah. Oh, no, we'd have to rewatch Clone High. Oh, no. Oh, my God, this is all your gambit. This is all Noah trying to figure out how to watch uh, Clone High again. Yeah. So uh, I think it's time to go. Uh, Let me start by saying thank you to all of you who have stayed with us through 100 episodes and hopefully 100 more, at least 50 more because we have to get to the Cape. I I honestly don't see us giving this up anytime soon. No, I mean, Um, unless the pandemic ends and we can go outside. Then we might be like, ah, I don't want to stay inside and record. I think we'll get the shorter, like, I think we'll go back to some shorter episodes. I think this two-part, letting some of the longer shows be two parts, I think really salvages recording Mm -hmm. of, like, because sometimes it's very, very hard to find the time to consume the media. Yeah. Uh, when you have a 13 one-hour show, like something like Firefly. Yeah. Uh, it's, even in pandemic times, you have to sit down and find 13 hours a week you're willing to actively take notes, watch television. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of your workday, sometimes you want to not actively take notes, watch television. Yeah. And that's when you're watching, like, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something. Yeah. I think a column I, I want to introduce for season three uh, ahead of... Is what we're currently watching that's not Stay Doomed. Yeah. Kind of a like, what other media we're consuming so that people can, so we can start those conversations. Because there's conversations I'd love to have about shows we're watching uh, that are not one season wonders. Yeah. Or aren't one season wonders yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, you can sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. And uh, you not only do you get some extra stuff for uh, our gaming channel, uh, but you'll get our bonus episode, which is on Serenity. Yes. Which will come out this month. And you also get to vote on upcoming episodes, which reminds me, Laura, what do we got coming up on the show? So our next episode is Megan Wants a Millionaire, which is extremely important. Uh, and will not be tarnished. And then the episode after that is our Patreon, uh, our Patreon vote. Yes. And the two finalists are Papa No Good, which is a Fred Armisen joint. Yes. And Heather's the TV show 2018. Yes, which was suggested by Matthew, one of our patrons. So if you want to vote on what we do next, join the Patreon at just $5 and you will get a vote on what episode 103 will be. And I think or episode might- 104 if it's. The one that's really long and we need more time. Heather's maybe a two-parter. Yes, um, for sure. Because it's nine hours and I am a fan of both the movie and the musical. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about for this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then after that, we're doing uh, Steve Odekirk. Yes, steveodekirk.com. Which is Steve your Megan Wants a Millionaire. Yeah, it's a law show it's that I'm super into. So that should be super fun. Where can people find us? You can email us at... The Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about Andy Dick, my new close personal friend, Andy Dick, 
I'm at plus two comedy. And if you have any insights into VH1 reality shows you'd like to see us cover, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed.